Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. It really takes everything to serve the Lord. And I think that this is the right way, the right approach, because the Lord gave everything to save us. So if we give Him half of our hearts, half of our time, half of our energies, half of our money, half of our possibilities. What kind of answer is that? Even in an earthly relationship, when you receive all from somebody and you don't give all, the relationship will be affected. But when it comes to our God, it makes us even more motivated to give all because whatever we have is a gift from Him. Practically, we don't have anything. If the Lord takes away His grace from our hearts or from above our lives, we will die immediately. We are a product of God's grace. And everything we have is everything we have received from him. This morning, before the beautiful presentation, the last presentation of the week of prayer, I would like to make a summary of the wonderful teaching we received during the Sabbath school. Uh, and it is, it is very appropriate because the topic today is about Jesus, his mission, and the mission he is giving us. So the summary I'll make will be connected to the topic. And as I present, there are things you know, practically every one of us should know. But as I present them, think and pray in your heart that God will do something in us because this is exactly the last time. They are the last events in the history of human race. And if we do not act according to the truths we receive, I'm afraid of our future. So we speak, we learn today about three main events of the last days. One event is the ministry of Jesus in the heavenly sanctuary. What do we learn? Now, this is the main point, says Paul, of the things we are saying. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord erected and not man. I don't know if you feel the way Paul expresses, expressing, is expressing this thought. He comes to us and says, hey, the most important of everything I can tell you is that we have somebody at the right hand of God. That means that if we do not have, if we were not having that person, the destiny of human race is forever lost. So once we have such a great high priest, we have the chance of salvation. 
we have the chance to receive forgiveness. We have the chance to receive transformation. We have the chance to become holy. And we have the chance to become saved. Another verse is telling the same, for Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. What a blessing to know this. And I'm telling you, wherever you go in the Christian world, you'll not, have, you'll not find any other church that focuses so much and so clearly on the work of Jesus in the heavenly sanctuary. They don't, not, they don't have this light, even though it's in the middle of the Bible. As, as, uh, uh, as for us, we believe, according to the Bible, that the ministry of Jesus at the right hand of the Father is just as important as it was his sacrifice on the cross. In other words, you, you, you don't find one greater than the other one. Because if Jesus doesn't follow up on the event of the cross, we are still lost. We need to have somebody at the right hand of the Father presenting our cases. Presenting his sacrifice to cover our unworthiness. Presenting his right to save anyone who comes to God through him. The tabernacle Moses built at the at the desert was a symbol of the heavenly sanctuary, a reality. The Leviticus priesthood was a symbol of Christ's priesthood. And they ministered in the earthly sanctuary, but Christ ministers in the heavenly sanctuary. We can understand the work Jesus is doing in the heavenly sanctuary by studying the services the priests carried out in the earthly sanctuary. Now let's learn a little bit. Salvation and, and the sanctuary, shadows and realities. You see, there is a substitutionary sacrifice. In the earthly sanctuary, an animal had to die in the sinner's place to atone his or her sins. In the heavenly sanctuary, Jesus died in our place at the cross to forgive our sins. Go back to the earthly sanctuary, the priestly mediation. The priest had to bring the blood of the animal to the holy place. In the heavenly sanctuary, Jesus entered the heavenly sanctuary and he intercedes for us through his blood. Amen. Earthly, again, the judgment. On the day of atonement, the sanctuary was cleansed of blood and the sins were definitely forgiven. But the reality now, according to Daniel 8, the cleansing of the heavenly sanctuary began in 1844 when Jesus not only forgives your sins, but he blots them out from the books. The redemption will be given only to those who do not have any sin remained in the book of sins in heaven. Let's go further. The purification of the heavenly sanctuary. And he said to me, for 2,300 days, then the sanctuary shall be cleansed. I'll not focus too much on this. It's a lot of calculation, but you may see the, the, the beautiful uh, uh, picture in, in uh, 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 
490 years were from 457 to 34, and after that another uh, 1,810 years, which takes us to 1844, when, according to the Bible, according to the prophecy, the cleansing of sanctuary in heaven began. For on that day the priest shall make atonement for you to cleanse you, that you may be clean from all your sins before the Lord. And look here now. The early day of atonement and the investigative judgment. In the earthly day, the high priest entered the most holy place, bringing all the sins of the people before the ark. Now in heaven, Jesus came before the Father's throne to begin the judgment work before countless witnesses. There are millions and millions and millions of holy angels. They participate in this judgment because the Father himself gave them this honor so that they will see exactly how God deals with sin. The priest in the earthly sanctuary sprinkled the blood on the mercy seat that covered God's holy law. Today in heaven, Jesus is the propiti propitiation for those who believe in him, but those who are not faithful to the end are condemned according to the law. Again, in the early sanctuary, he left the tab the priest left the tabernacle and went to the courtyard. Here, when Jesus is finishing his work, he says, And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. The second coming is the second great event of the last days. Every event in heaven has, has effects on earth. The investigative judgment is about to end. What does that mean? One, the Holy Spirit will be poured down on the believers like in Pentecost. Second, the latter rain will make the gospel to be preached all over the world. Third, that will determine the beginning of the end time signs. So are we interested in the implications of the judgment in heaven? As Jesus is doing that, at the end of this wonder, towards the end of this wonderful work, the Holy Spirit is poured out over the believers. We should make this a daily priority. Because I'm telling you, my brothers and my sisters, if Pastor Greg does not receive every day the Holy Spirit from the Lord, Pastor Greg will not be able to stand to the end. Amen. If one of us does not receive every day a new endowment of the power of God, will not be able to withstand the attacks of the devil. The devil is stronger than us. The world is stronger than us. The self we carry, our sinful nature is stronger than us. Death is stronger than everyone. Temptations and sins are stronger than us. We need the Spirit of God in our life so that we may withstand all this. Amen. When the, the judgment ends, what happens? Grace will stop. What happens when grace will stop? 
He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. Now I'm asking you, are you in good terms with the Lord? Because the time comes when nothing can be changed in our lives. Are you baptized? Are you consecrated to the Lord 100%? Because this is the time just before the grace of God stops. Just before the time of probation gets to the end. So if anyone is here and not baptized yet, or not rebaptized in the case he or she went away from, from the Lord, this is the time. Because one day the Lord will say, the way you are, you cannot be changed anymore. Are you just? You remain just forever. Are you holy? You remain holy forever. Are you unjust, unprepared? I'm sorry. The last plagues will be poured down on earth when the judgment ends. Jesus leaves the sanctuary and comes to us to take the faithful and the holy ones to heaven. He will come back to earth with his angels to carry us with him. Waiting for his coming. This is our part. Therefore let us not sleep as others do, says Paul. But let us watch and be sober. What does that mean? As we wait for the second coming, Paul invites us to, to do two complementary things. First, to watch. That means not to spiritually sleep, but to be in daily communion with our Savior, being aware of the end time signs. That is something I must experience daily. And second, to be sober, being moderate. We must not have the end time signs fever, nor be indolent by being impassive to the end time signs. We should have a balance. As we wait the second advent, we need to keep our eyes open and we need to know what the Word of God teaches us about last day events. Because people will come. You see, I think yesterday was, was planned to be the last day. Honestly, I didn't even pay attention. No, I, I don't have time for, for, for you know, dreams and, 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 and human uh, schemes. But... Should I have been prepared yesterday for Jesus' coming? Yes. I don't really need to know the day and the hour. What I really need is to be prepared every day and every hour. The same for each and every one of us. The coming of Christ is nearer than we first believed. The great controversy is nearing it, its end. The judgments of God are in the land. They speak in solemn warning, saying, Be ye also ready. Be ready. Be ready. And practically, how to say, let's say you have gone away from your home for many years to, to, to bring something to save your home. And you tell your beloved ones, Hey, I'm coming on that day. You give them the day. But 
And when you come, if you see them preparing that morning, you know, doing this, doing that, because mom or dad is coming. What do you feel, you know, about their preparation? And how important are you for that? Because I heard stories the moment the news came that he or she will come, that person who was waiting began to wait, began to prepare. I, I know a story about a mom who had he, her son in, in, in the war. And now the, the war was kind of ready, somehow finished, and people who survived began to return, you know? And uh, the mom said, Oh, maybe, maybe he will come during the Christmas time. And she prepared his room and she prepared the best food she knew he liked. And he, she prepared everything around the house because she said maybe she'll come during the Christmas time. He didn't come. Practically, many never came, you know. And after that, she said maybe he will come during that event. Or maybe he will come during his birthday. What I'm saying is that she found motives and reason to be ready for his coming every day. One day, a young man was knocking at the door. Everything was ready for his coming. Because when you love somebody, you prepare yesterday for tomorrow. We are living in the closing scenes of the, this earth history. Prophecy is fast fulfilling. The hours of probation are fast passing. We have no time, not a moment to lose. Let us not be found sleeping on guard. Let none of us say in his heart or by his works, my Lord is not coming, delays. The Lord is soon to come, and we must be prepared to meet him in peace. Let us be determined to do all in our power to impart light to those around us. We are not to be sad, but cheerful, and we are to keep the Lord Jesus ever before us. He is soon coming, and we must be ready and waiting for his coming. Until the last event, the resurrection of the dead. The dead will resurrect. The believers will be transformed. And we all will ascend to meet Jesus when his second coming. Then immortality. Never to taste death again. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. These are beautiful promises. Beautiful promises. To help us to prepare for the Lord's coming. The victory of the sleeping saints will be glorious on the morning of resurrection. The life giver will crown with immortality all who come forth from the grave. There stands the risen host. The last thought was of death and its pangs. The last thoughts they had were of the grave and the tomb, but now they proclaim, O death, what is thy sting? O grave, what is thy victory? Here they stand, and the finishing touch of immortality is put upon them, and they go up to meet the Lord in the air. There are the columns of angels on either side. 
Then the angelic choir strike the note of victory, and the angels in two columns take up the song, and the redeemed host join as though they had been singing the song on the earth. And they have been. Oh, what music! There is not an inharmonious note. Every voice proclaims, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. He sees the travail of his soul and is satisfied. So that's a summary of the lesson. Three great events of the last days. The ministry of Jesus in the sanctuary above, his coming and the resurrection of the dead. We must be prepared every day so that when my name and your name is called up, we'll be ready. And Jesus will not only forgive our sins, but will wipe them away, will blot them out. And instead of our sinfulness, we receive his righteousness. And instead of receiving death as we deserve, we receive life because he is the life giver. Let's bow heads for a short prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have revealed to us the great events of the last days and the necessity of preparation. Oh, dear Father, not even the, the most uh, serious of one of us is able to prepare himself or herself unless the Holy Spirit is given to us. Therefore, this morning, just as we continue with the, the last uh, reading for the week of prayer, we pray, Father, for your Spirit over us. And we pray that somehow, a, a sense of urgency will take over control in our lives and a spirit of repentance and a spirit of consecration so that as Jesus is, in, is interceding for us at your right hand, all our sins would be forgiven, all our lives would be transformed, all our souls would be redeemed. And when he comes, we pray that we'll be ready, Father. And before he comes, May we understand from the reading we have a mission and may we fulfill this mission. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We are always encouraged to know how God is working through this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email at podcast at savinggracesda.org. As the Holy Spirit impresses you, you may also support this ministry financially by visiting SavingGraceSDA.org.